no wait, no longer greatness has arrived. Welcome to the Trophy Room, a PlayStation podcast made by the players for the players. This is episode 342. I'm your host, Joseph, a.k.a. Mr. Badbit, and it is here where me and my best friend Kyle talk about the latest, the greatest in all things PlayStation. Of course, this week, we are talking about how Spider-Man 2 has gone gold. Elder Scrolls 6 is ditching PlayStation. Act surprised here. Logan played Phantom Liberty. I'm playing Lies of P and so much more as we do it live each and every Wednesday night at 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on YouTube.com slash PS Room or on podcast feeds each in every Thursday. So with all that said, with all that out of the way, the greatest co-host, whoever is, whoever will be, Mr. Kyle Stevenson is currently sick. He, he got COVID and um, he was going to, he was going to actually be on this week, but literally like three hours ago, he's just like, I, I thought I could make it. I thought I could budge. It just got worse. So make sure you send your well wishes to Mr. K step on Twitter and in our discord, just show him some love because he is going through the thick of it right now. But to fill in the spot this week is our good friend, the solo host of the Xbox expansion pass and the host of the keel hall pod. It's captain Logan himself. How are you, sir? Ahoy. It is international talk like a pirate week. Yarg. Not just a day. And I am here to help you. You're sinking and I've got a bucket and I'm bilging out the water as much as I can to try and keep this podcast alive because I know a good crewmate when I see one and you've bailed me out a couple times. So I'm here instead of Kyle, who be sick in the captain's cabin. How are you, my friend? Uh, I'm good, but you know, enough. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's all right. I appreciate everything, but yeah, relax. No, I appreciate the get up. You're wearing a, a, a pirate hat. You got the the bandana on like you're into the Bruce Springsteen band. I like it. Uh, how yeah. are you doing, man? <laughs> I'm good, man. Uh, there was a, a whole lot of news that happened yesterday for uh, another little um, console out there. I can't think of the name of it, but there's a little bit of Dreamcast news that came too? out as a result. I think it's called Dream- the Dreamcast, too. Is it the Dreamcast too? That's probably yeah. what it is. Yeah, it's probably. probably what it is. I can't remember the name, but I remember they were talking a lot about what they wanted to do with uh, clouds and stuff. Yes. So, yeah. Yes. A lot of cloud talk. Um, I'm on, I've, I, you know, and as, if Kyle, Kyle were here, uh, I would be by his side, you know, staunchly supporting the physical media for mm. all this cloud talk. Ridiculous. Um, are uh, you, a, are you a team physical? I'm I'm team whatever gets me the cheapest thing in my console. Uh, so okay. okay. If it, uh, you, you know what I love to do, you know, and and I love to have this option okay. is uh, my PS5 is my perfect exclusive machine. They've Ooh. got really good, really good exclusives. So ones. and and I'm I'm late to them all the time. I'm always yeah. late to the to the PS5 exclusive. So I love to get the physical discs on sale. Uh, so that I can just toss them in. That's what physical does for me because it'll depreciate as time goes on. Whereas with like a digital thing, I got to like wait for Wario 64 Mm -hmm. to tell me when there's a sale on something. And I hate waiting for sales. I would much rather just know like, oh, it's been like three years. This game's probably like 15 bucks and then snap it up for like a, you know, a good deal from like Best Buy or something like that. 
Yeah, like I, I think it's for those like the Ubisoft deals, or even like mm. I saw Mortal Kombat just came out last week. You could already get, you could finagle <laughs> your way to get that game for forty bucks, and it's physical. So like at that point, you're just thinking to yourself, okay, it's for those yeah. times where I think physical media really comes in for the win. Where it's like, hey, this game maybe it didn't do so hot. Maybe there's a way to finagle it to get it for a little bit cheaper. That's when to me, physical comes in for the save. Uh, But like nine times out of 10 for me, I'm just, you know, I'm already on like the sale page of like what's on for sale currently. And that's when I run into like, you know, a good example would be like cyberpunk. Oh damn. It's only like 15 bucks on PSN. Why wouldn't I do it? Why wouldn't I pick it up? But then you get those times where it's like, or a better example, too, is like Marvel's Avengers. You could get it for like three bucks yeah. on the digital store, you know? Yeah. Yeah. You definitely, you got a bargain hunt in like the use section for that. And sometimes it's like a catch and a miss. The only other time I think physicals ever saved me was um, when my power went out. And I literally tried to play anything on my Xbox and it was like, no, you stupid idiot. You have to have internet connection to authorize the license. Go play PlayStation. Yeah. I was like, all right. All right. Well, then I will. How about that? Um, Hey, listen, this is a PlayStation show, but Mm. I do. I do want to know what you thought was the biggest piece of news, because we'll talk about the Xbox leaks as they pertain to PlayStation. But. I don't want to get into the big, like he said, she said of it all of, you know, what does each email mean? That's for an Xbox show. I want to know to you, though, what was the biggest piece of news that kind of, you know, came to light through all those leaks? Oh, man. Um, The brazen nature of Phil Spencer's email Mm -hmm. saying that. It would be a career move to acquire Nintendo IP on Xbox and that Nintendo was destined to go third party in time. They just didn't realize it. It's like the the the, <laughs> the brazen like uh, uh, confidence that a guy's like, oh, that girl's going to be my wife one day. It's like, <laughs> what? Yeah. No, Phil. Phil, let's relax. Um, I, you know, I read that. I read the whole email, and it yeah. really did. It really did seem like this was um, a Microsoft uh, exec asking the Xbox exec, "Hey, what about that uh, Nintendo, whatever?" And it's like Phil going. <laughs> it, yeah. it really did, did sound like Phil like letting him off the like hook easy. It's like when your mom call like says, "Do they got Mario for PlayStation?" Right. It's like it's akin to that. It's like, yeah, maybe one day, buddy. (laughs) Good idea. And then like he mouths to his friends, what a idiot. (laughs) Like, you know, it definitely read like that to me. But you're right. Even like context, especially when it's like in written form. Yeah, it's hard. So it 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 did you I could see where people, you know, though I don't see it, I don't I don't think, you know people are misinterpreting it if they're reading it one way or the other. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Cause there's yeah. so much context that's just gone out of that email. So I can see why people are like, look at, look at what Xbox is doing. Just buying stuff to, to How stay relevant. They? Exactly. Yeah. It's like, they're not, what is uh, the, the big thing that I've been seeing is like, they're not creating their buying or something like that. And yeah, I don't know. To some extent, I do agree with that, but 
at the same exact time, while I agree with it, it's like, and if PlayStation can do it, I bet they would. So, I mean, they didn't, they, did they grow Santa Monica Studios from nothing? Like, did they, right. did they hire on? I mean, you can, you could take a look at what I, and I think when people th- talk about like organic growth from PlayStation, um, yeah, it's not, I mean, organic is such a, st- it's, we're, we're, we're like, we get lost <laughs> in buzzwords. It's like, no, yeah. PlayStation like bought Insomniac. They, you know, they bought Naughty Dog. They bought Sucker Punch. But these Bungie. are like individuals, Bungie. And for the most part, these are individual purchases that make sense because they have a relationship prior to the acquisition, a close yeah. one, right? Whereas, yeah. like, I think Bungie is definitely the one that kind of bucks the trend for PlayStation. As yeah. they, I mean, had a working relationship but they made halo for christ's sake you know so like Mm -hmm. to me it's it's like no they're making moves i think the the purchases were for for example bethesda with xbox you know it it goes by what i've said since day one yeah it, it is a move to buy relevance it's a move to buy ip now you have history that's baked into xbox whether you know, you like it or not. Now, you know, Elder Scrolls, a franchise, and we'll talk about it soon, a franchise that's been with, you know, gamers since the 90s, Doom, game that we've had since the 90s, Wolfenstein. All of a sudden, you have that legacy that uh, yeah. Xbox now has because of that acquisition. It's all about business at the end of the day. So, like, as much as I'm not a big fan of the consolidation that we've seen, it's yeah. something that I'm uncomfortably okay with. At this point in time, I didn't see anything that like struck at me, struck at my points that like, I'm going to go get my pitchfork at, you know? Yeah, no, I, I saw this and I wish I had the same thing for Sony because, uh, while all the information that we got was like, it was all stuff that did not want to come out at the time that it came out. Like, obviously they wanted to have like their moment to be able to spotlight a lot of this cool stuff. It was, uh, refreshing to see like, you know, they have plans for like the next eight, seven to eight years of like what they want to do. And like, that's awesome. That's that's, you know, I would love to know that for Nintendo. And I mean, how many years have Nintendo fans being like, there's going to be a switch to it's next year, I promise. <laughs> and yeah. we're like, uh, <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I hope. Yeah, no, yeah. I, I'm I'm kind of the, of the same way of thinking as well like you know to me it's like yeah it's neat that you have like an eight-year plan i would hope because you're you know a, a much larger company than i like i haven't uh, you know uh what is it not an eight-year plan with the trophy room, but like i have a five-year plan of where i'd like to see this show in five years i have like a, a plan to get there to me i think the biggest piece of news that i got from that that got me excited mm. is actually it, it's something so stupid you guys ready for this two things <sighs> two things kind of interesting Oh no! I got I'll, I'll save the one for the other schools talk, but okay. It's the controller. The yeah. controller was the coolest thing because, to me, okay. I I want to see haptics. I want to see adaptive triggers. All the things I love in my Dual Sense. The reason why I prefer my Dual Sense over the Xbox controller. I want to see those features that I love in into the Xbox controller, and I like that the Xbox controller is now wearing pants. Yeah. <laughs> We finally found out how it was going to wear pants. Yeah. So <laughs> He's got little booties on at the, at, 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 you know, 
It's true. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, you got to have them warm, you know, like if you, you don't want to be like, you know, having cold booties when you grab a controller, you want them nice and toasty warm. So you're not like, Ooh, God, why is this so cold? I, I, I'm with you on the, the controller thing. I, I kind of expected that to happen when like, I mean, when the PlayStation five came out, like we saw news from Phil Spencer, he's like, Oh yeah, the, you know, dual sense controllers got some pretty cool things about it. It's like, yeah, yeah it does <laughs> so you're gonna put those in the next one right and he's like we're thinking about it we're we'll thinking put about out it. a survey yeah yeah <laughs> um but I, I mean dark zone in the chat says it like nintendo is not selling to anyone let alone uh, uh, microsoft right like i don't see i really don't see a future where nintendo is doing there's no price tag that that they logistically or literally like care about for anybody yeah. to go up, up and, and, and sweep them. I don't think they're that type of company. I don't think they ever will be that type of company, to be honest. Their IP sells so ridiculously well. Uh, I mean, you got, you know, what, Nintendo uh, Nintendo Wii U ports that break, like, Ghost of Tsushima numbers. So, like, yeah, nah, Nintendo's in a great in the, spot. Yeah. Yeah. And the, the email itself was, was, like, from 2020. So this was, like right before we all kind of knew like Nintendo was doing a movie and amusement parks and stuff and like starting to create their own cinematic universe. Like they, they realize like the switch is a hit and they're just going to milk that cow for as long as they possibly can, man. Like old Daisy is going to get like dried to the bone before mm-hmm. Disney, before they're like, all right, well maybe we should look at maybe getting another cow. Cause <laughs> I, I mean, look at Mortal Kombat one on that thing. Yeah, Oof. I mean it's it's on the it's on the console. They made it. <laughs> it's you can buy tec- it if you want. <laughs> yeah, technically it does exist. I don't know about that. <laughs> All right, y'all. Let's get into the news. But before we do, first off, I, I want to preface this. Kyle is sick with COVID, right? I am also sick. I have a huge migraine. It's the changing of the season. So Logan, if you don't mind reading the articles, that would be beautiful yeah. maybe this is a conversation i should have said before the show started but thank you that said a little bit of housekeeping before we start the show of course we got the trophy room merch if you want to help support the show buy some cool teas and some cool mugs to help us out link down in the description for that one uh we have our playstation 5 dual sense spider-man collector's edition controller let me say that again the spider-man to collector's edition dual sense controller we are giving it away there are four more days to enter into the giveaway and it's easy to do all you got to do is rate us five stars on apple Podcasts and or five stars on spotify or you can join our discord server or you can become a patron at patreon.com slash PS trophy room and you're automatically entered to win. It is simple like that. And you get more chances to win the more entries you put in. So, you know, you can do all four of those things if you don't want. And we'll ship them anywhere. Logan, name a country. Uh, Argentina. Shipping it there. If you want. Sweet. Now nah, I know where I'm going. I'm going to set up a bar and <laughs> have Germans drink beer there. And Bam. it's going to be great. Yep, mm-hmm. pig farmers. That, and of course, our Patreon pitch. That was a uh, you know a future's past reference. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Uh, of course, if you like what we do, 
and you want to help support the show, it's the reason why we look so great, sound so good, is your generosity over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy. I want to thank our newest member who literally just became a member as the show went live, Mitchell Gramlin at the Platinum Tier. I want to thank our premium producers, Todd Burowitz and Toxic. I want to thank our Platinum members, Jay Shea, Jedi Master Ren, Cowboy Danger D, Jonas Young, The Green Gorilla Gamer, Chaotic Monkey, Millennial Falcon Gaming, Ryuko Kill90, Stephen Flesh, Struble's and Bits, Bertos Maximus, Chris Hybrid 748, Matt Valdez, Chris the Wizard, Solo, Liam Russ, Silcanet, Desamine, and Jedi. Sorry. Jadis Vaughn Metal and Jedi Master Ren again. Okay. <clears throat> Our gold members, Cypher Primus, Doth Simon the Pie Man, Jesse Garcia, JB the Purple Monkey, Hide Indoors, Katie, Kevin Mitchell, Kevin Diaz, Marcus O'Neill, The Red Arrow, The Aegis Hermit, Andrew Soar, Astronaut Jr., The Winter Gamer, Robbie Bobby Miller, Brenton Zachary, Brenty Blob, Bubble Boy N7, Captain Logan, Final Fan XZ, Hambone, JD Dillinger, M9 Prime, Stone Cold, ET, Tino Six Speed, N Johnson, Sean McKenzie, Rick Arrington, Spam and Bam, and Matthew King, Duh, Overlord, Dewane Roxa, Rick Davis, Silk Cannon, and Sunny. <sighs> Oh Thank you man! All so much for your generosity. The <laughs> list keeps getting bigger, and I keep screwing it up worse and worse as the weeks go on. But thank you all so much for your generosity. It is really the reason why we look so good. We sound so great. So if you ever got you through a long car ride, a tough day at work, it really does mean a lot. If you throw a buck our way over at Patreon.com/slash/PS Trophy Room. All right, Logan, it is time to square up the news take it away our first story comes to us uh square enix president has a plan to upgrade quote unquote some franchises to triple a status this comes to us from zermina khan over at ps lifestyle in the latest plan to boost saging sagging sagging profits at the company square enix president takashi kiru or kiryu i'm butchering that you got it uh, has has revealed plans for the publisher to identify existing properties that could be quote-unquote upgraded to AAA status. Kiryu discussed this strategy for shoring up profits during an investor Q&A held, com- held during the company's financial results briefing meeting in early August. Comments from Square Enix president Takashi Kiryu revealed that the company plans to revitalize some of its most promising properties by upgrading them to AAA status. This strategy to help bolster profits comes as some analysts have expressed concerns about Square Enix's profitability in face of a sharp drop in the company's valuation. According to a report earlier this month, Square Square Enix has lost nearly $2 billion in value since the release of Final Fantasy XVI in June. Kiro Marks, which can be read in an outline available on Square Square's Investors Relations website, comes following reports from earlier this year suggesting that the long-awaited Final Fantasy 16 failed to meet Square's high-end expectations. Despite these claims, to, to the contrary, Kiru says that the sales of Final Fantasy 16 were quote unquote in line with our expectations. First time I've ever heard them say that. He and okay. also announced that Square has plans in the works to boost sales on game uh, or all of the game on PS5. 
Kiro stated that there is an opportunity for a publisher to boost profits by establishing, quote unquote, greater depths to its gaming portfolio. Rather than simply doubling down on its most high profile franchises, Kiro believes Square can increase revenue by identifying existing IPs from its portfolio that could be, quote unquote, upgraded into AAA titles. While it's unlikely that the game, like the upcoming Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, will lose their place of prominence in Square's portfolio anytime soon. Kiru's remarks suggest a shift away from what some see as an over-reliance on its most iconic properties to drive sales. Increased investment in some of its lesser-known IPs could help the company turn around its recent sales slump and, at at least temporarily stave off the persistent rumors of Sony purchasing Square Enix. Joe. Yeah, Logan. They really do need to do something about just being the quote unquote final fantasy company. Yeah, they really do. Right. Like, I mean, how do they do that though? What are the IPs for you that would get you excited in the brand? Because to me, I feel like, you know, some of the some of the problems that they have are like self-inflicting. Like y- you mentioned it while reading. It's like, really, something met their expectations. That is a crazy thought. Whereas like there are games that have come out and, you know, for example, uh, giving up on IO. I think letting IO go uh, and letting Hitman go is a huge mistake. I think focusing on, you know, making Marvel's Avengers a live service game um, was a mistake from the get and making sure that people knew that Guardians of the Galaxy was a different experience from Marvel's Avengers as well. Huge mistake, because not to say that both of those games are bad. I think Marvel's Avengers got better with time and Guardians was always an amazing experience, but it was kind of dampened by the. The, the damage that Avengers did to that game. So yeah. to me, I just, I look at a lot of what Square Enix has done over the last, you know, few years. And it's just mind boggling why you would give up something like Eidos and why you would give up something like Crystal Dynamics. Um, yeah. Because it's not like, it's not like Crystal Dynamics didn't have legendary IP in its bag that it could deliver you, you know? I don't know. Mm-hmm. What, what what do you think at, at where Square Enix is right now and where you'd like to see them go in the, the future? I mean, I would I would love to see them uh, play more around with stuff like uh, Forspoken. Um, I mean, it, correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm pretty sure they did Forspoken. And yep. as, as as I've seen, that game actually is a pretty solid game. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of those games that it's deep. Um, you know, they took a stab at a new IP and I think that it hit with some and it didn't with others, but as all new IP, you're going to run a risk with that. Uh, if, if they're going to be looking at IP that they could upgrade, um, it's, it's really hard for me to actually like scrub back through the history because it's always been a final fantasy company. Uh, star ocean, um, has been there in the past. That could be one that they could kind of bring back and really kind of give some some uh, 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 time to. Um, they've got the Saga franchise. Uh, Dragon Quest has always been big, so I don't know if that if that's what they consider. But I mean, outside of that, it's like Kingdom Hearts. Well, it's like, well, Kingdom Hearts is huge as well too. They haven't had like a whole lot of uh, it's crazy you know, focus around there. 
as you say, it's like, this is the Final Fantasy company, but then you're rattling off, like, yeah, you got Saga, you got Chrono Trigger, like, there are so many, like, franchises that they have up their sleeve that they can go out there and start doing something different with, like, Kingdom Hearts yeah. is a great example. It's a fan base I don't understand, don't care to understand, but <laughs> it's a fan base that will go out there and buy tons of copies of these games and i know oh, yeah. we've seen it we i know it's been announced but we haven't seen any updates in it for for over like what a, a year plus right now you know look yeah. everybody's yearning for a new chrono game you have sea of stars which is a love letter to that series and it did mm-hmm. really well part of it to me is square enix needs to they need to lessen their expectations for some of their games and build it up slowly over time. Like as much as I do love, you know, see a stars and as much as I, you know, want or, or, or love like Octopath Traveler, like those games, the, the, the turn-based 2d uh, RPGs, they aren't going to give you the profits of that, of a final fantasy 16 or that of like a, you know, I don't know, Marvel's Avengers, if it was going to be ever big. So, like, to me, it's like, well, what what do you want to hit, Square Enix? What is the what is the metric of success look like to you? Because, like, Dragon Quest is another great game. I know Dragon Quest Eleven came out. People loved it and adore it. Yeah. So, like, to me, there are things that, that Square can do to really help bolster themselves. And I think one game in particular um, would probably be near like, let's see a new near game, man. Like, you know, automata was huge or automata. Sorry. Automata Pia. Uh, You know, (laughs) God. Yeah. What what is it? The, the, the latest one, what is it? Like remnant version 1.2.8.5.7. Like, (laughs) yeah, I don't even dare try and like say what the, the, that is because it's so ridiculous. it was a success as well. So like there are IP that square has, they don't have to be so reliant on final fantasy to, you know, be successful. I, I don't know what it is with square with them being so reliant on final fantasy, but I think they do have things in the oven that will get people on board. Hopefully. You know, I mean, there's a good shot with foam stars. I was about, Oh, okay. God bless. Yes. I'm excited for it, Logan. It's, I mean, why not? Dude, Splatoon is a really good game. Like anyone that's like, it's, it's, it's weeby, but you know, that's fine. That's like Japanese culture. That's what they live for. This is just another flavor of that. And you know, it, it could be the next twisted metal for folks for a new Mm -hmm. generation. And I I think that's awesome. Go for it. Yeah. There is going to be a lot of risk though. As you said, like these are, if we're talking about like lifting games into that triple A space again, what does triple A look like to you, Square Enix? Um, and what do those games look like? Right. Yeah. Cause as much as we love, like, you know, people in the chat are like going chrono series, chrono series, chrono series. And as much as that would excite people to see a new chrono game at the same exact time, what does a triple A chrono game look like in 2023? So there's yeah. like this great expectation game that we ourselves also have to kind of play with and toy with to ourselves going, okay, if they revive some of these classic IP that we love, it's not going to be the way that we see them, you know? I hope not. 
because I feel like the industry is relying and and I see this a lot with third party companies. Uh, there's too much reliance on remakes to fund future projects. And then some of those future projects end up being like new IPs and then they bomb. And then all the all the feedback is we don't want new IPs. We want remakes of old games. And yeah. then companies just double down on that. It's like, why did, uh, you know, like, why did loot boxes do so well? Well, because they sold well. So what did companies see? The feedback that, that loot boxes are good. Let's put them in everything. Yeah. So if nobody's buying new IP, especially above indie level, then companies aren't going to take risks. We're not going to get Titanfalls. We're not going to get near Automatas. We're not going to get Octopath Travelers. You know, that's just not... It, it, it does have to be a big production, but there's a lot of risk when you're trying to do uh, AAA. So I think things like uh, Tactics Ogre or Star Ocean, um, I think uh, Grandia or, or uh, Legend of Mana, those are IPs that they could elevate from AA to like AAA status and probably do really well given the lineage of those titles. Yeah. But I, I mean... Square is sitting on a lot of really good games already. It just it, it amazes me, and, and maybe this is because it's a third party publisher that they they have to die uh, on these hills of these games being really big titles because that's how their funding works. You know, I don't. It's amazing. You know, you look at a company that that produces pretty much nothing but final fantasy titles that they are able to make enough money to continue doing that with just yeah. a few of those ips i mean look at look at the 19 inches of sephiroth statue that everybody's oh. googling at right oh, that's right sorry, i gotta shift my pants that's all right i know i know that you're writing yourself for him we <sighs> all are but like everybody got so excited off of you know re that rebirth trailer nostalgia is a hell of a drug you know so like people yeah. are, are, are are i think you're right i think the average consumer, as we complain about sequels to games of, you know, sequel after sequel, like I think Jez Gordon actually put out a post about Starfield being the only game that has sold well in Europe that is a new IP. Like it's it's a crazy thought to think, but, you know, at the end of the day, all these publishers and all these developers, they're going to go towards those sequels because that's what people know. So like though Assassin's Creed Mirage is really Assassin's Creed 17, people know Assassin's Creed. And so they're yeah. going to do what's safe. And that's why, like, to me, this is them taking a huge risk saying, hey, we're betting on ourselves that we have IP that people really care about. And I think, Logan, the one thing that you're going to have to kind of maybe, you know, budge on is them going out there and this will excite some folks with a remake to chrono trigger right like a remake of like you know i think saga already has one coming out but like we see the star ocean demo right now that kyle was loving by the way yeah uh you know that's how you're going to get you know the interest or to measure the interest of these games of like hey we could toss out a couple of remasters a couple of remakes and really gauge if this ip is something that people really truly care about because I, I think there's a way uh, and I think that's probably square's best bet. I, I, I don't disagree that that will, that is probably the safest way to go, but you can take a really good story. And if you put triple a devs on that story, 
and you build a game around it, around a, a, a type of, you know, gameplay style that everyone understands and is accessible, uh, then you can come out of it with The Witcher or oh, yeah. Cyberpunk. You know, you can do stuff like that if you have a good enough story. So if they, you know, I understand the the idea of wanting to just remake Chrono Trigger and just upscale it to Octopath Traveler levels of awesome yeah. or Sea of Star awesome. Oh, and just yes. like give that to the to the to the masses and and you know just kind of like you know brush your shoulders pat yourself on the back on doing a good job but i i mean there are writers out there sure they're on strike right now but eventually (laughs) they'll get paid what they deserve and start making stories again i'm sure they're still writing stories for themselves i think it's kind of i the the way i see it from square if i could stop stumbling for a minute is kind of similar to like what we see with Capcom with uh, with Resident Evil. It's like here's yeah. a remake, here's a new game, here's a remake, here's a new game, here's a remake, here's a new game, and that's what I think we're we're going to probably see something along those lines coming from Square in terms of measuring success. Because you're right, as long as you got a good team, a good set of writers, a good vision. You can make those games possible, but at the meantime, you need the income to make those games possible yeah that makes sense that is that is the hard part of being not exclusive to one console yeah that said logan um you know i'll keep dreaming about elder scrolls coming to playstation because it's not anymore (laughs) take it away elder scrolls 6 is not coming to ps5 and won't release until 2026 at the soonest according to microsoft this comes to us by eddie uh McCotch from GameSpot. McCotch. Uh, Documents from Microsoft's legal case with the FTC have emerged online. Uh, (laughs) And one key slide shows that Microsoft has no plans to bring the Elder Scrolls 6 to PlayStation. A page from the proceedings obtained by Stephen Titillo uh, shows a breakdown of games and supported platforms with the Elder Scrolls 6 listing as being in development for Xbox and PC, but not playstation the document also shows that the elder scrolls 6 will be released in 2026 at the soonest and that will not have uh multiplayer support another document recently made available shows that microsoft informed the ftc in september 2022 that elder scrolls 6 quote unquote may be released only on xbox and pc this revelation about the Xbox or the Elder Scrolls 6 should not come as much of a surprise. After all, Microsoft made Starfield exclusive to Xbox and PC after buying Zenimax. So it's only fitting that the company's next game would follow a similar playbook. Game director Todd Howard recently spoke about why Starfield is a better game because it does, didn't come to PlayStation. Microsoft's documentation and words spoken by Microsoft Gaming CEO Phil Spencer do not match up exactly. Spencer was recently quoted as saying the company determines platform availability for its games on a case-by-case basis, as opposed to starting outright that the game is not expected to come to PlayStation 5. Uh, I have thoughts on that. In June, as part of the Microsoft FTC court case, Spencer said that the platform for Elder Scrolls 6 are not yet decided, in part because the game's release is so far off. With Elder Scrolls 6, 
it's so far out, it's hard to understand what platforms will be at this point or what will even be at this point, as Spencer said. It's the same team that's finishing Starfield, which comes out this September. So we're talking about a game that is likely five years plus away. Microsoft is working on new Xbox hardware and the next console generation could begin in 2028. So it's possible that the Elder Scrolls 6 shows up on whatever the next Xbox turns out to be. The Elder Scrolls 6 was announced in June 2018. Uh, I mean, that was, it was a slide. It was like a, it was, I mean, it was they a said it, like, they said it. Yeah. Well, I mean, they're going to do another fallout one day too, but do they really <laughs> need to put a slide up to tell you that? And in five plus years since Bethesda has not said much. Howard recently, Todd Howard recently discussed how the game might have been announced too soon. Yeah. Roll eyes here. After years of pre-production, the gold, the, the Elder Scrolls six is now officially in development. All right, Logan. He said you have thoughts as yeah. the quote, as opposed to stating outright the game is not expected to come to PlayStation 5. What do you mean you have thoughts on that? Uh, well, you know, it's it's one of those things that everyone wants to bat around. And they and I and I want to give credit to uh, Eddie on this one for not pulling out the specific quote about existing franchises uh, persisting on platforms where they currently exist, because that was that's always been taken out of context. But. I know where I got to go, Joe, if I want to play the Wolverine. Yeah. I know where I got to go to play Wolverine. And I'm not throwing a fit about it. I just yeah. have to fork out the cash. So why does yeah. it seem like this is such a big, like a big issue? Um, Because the Wolverine wasn't able to be played on uh, Xbox prior to it being created. Uh, there was uh, an Xbox Wolverine game. Yeah. But like claimed. Insomniac never made a Wolverine game until like, they're making it right now right True. whereas like bethesda ever since what oblivion there's been an elder scrolls game on an x uh, sorry on a playstation so, so that's where people are getting a little annoyed where it's just like hey could you like my annoyance with phil here yeah this is playstation fans you're gonna clap for me once and xbox fans you're gonna boo at me like usual where i get annoyed it's just like just say it's not coming <laughs> just say listen it's a case-by-case yeah. -case basis but it's not coming just just rip the band-aid off man like the the long-winded answers like i roll my eyes at and just go just say no <laughs> just say uh-uh you have a place to play it. it's on xbox now why because we we paid for it like just you know like just just don't talk to me like i'm a simpleton just tell me what the, how it is tell me the that's hard fair. facts that's what that's i fair. want you know, if you, OK, if you double check the discord screen to make sure that our that your face isn't being no. blocked because you look like you're censoring oh, yourself am. on my Why screen. Am I censoring myself? <laughs> you are censoring yourself. Jesus. The lip readers of the world are are, are dying here. Not knowing what you're saying without closed captions, but oh, I know why. I know why. I, you know what? I made a dumb, silly goof. One second, I'm gonna fix it. Oh, you silly. Uh, so I don't disagree. Like, yeah, would it have been better if if Phil Spencer had been like, "Not Og, you're gonna have to buy an Xbox if you want to play Elder Scrolls." Um, but I, I mean, a bad example with Wolverine because I that IP has shifted and it's not owned by the company that made the original game, so it's like yeah. you know, it's a little different here, but. I, I mean, that's one of those situations where, you know, if if your company is bought, the IP comes with it. You know, if someone was to buy Warner Brothers, I wouldn't sit there and expect, you know, PlayStation to be like, all right, well, I guess because 
Batman existed on other consoles, we'll have to put every Batman game on every other console from now on. And you're like, well, no, you just spend a whole bunch of money on Warner Brothers. I 100% expect you to put Batman just say it. solely. <laughs> that's my, 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 my issue is just like, just say that's what you're going to do. It, it is what it is. And we're just going to wipe our hands. Yeah. Like, to me... <laughs> At this point, seeing like Starfield success, we can now assume that anything that is not a multiplayer game is you're right. It's like <laughs> lack of better words. I think Phil should have said tough titties, y'all. If it's not multiplayer, uh, it's going to be on Game Pass, you know, wherever Game Pass is. And I think that's really at the end of the day, the play here, even the leaked documents kind of show it's like, hey, is there a way? Uh, that that the like they even openly talked about it that there's a browser on PS5 that we can like get Game Pass on it that way, like you're seeing them trying to finagle ways of getting Game Passes on devices. So, yeah, to me, it's kind of like a maybe one day it'll get there. Whenever Game Pass is on a PlayStation, that's the only way you're gonna you're going to see this game. But until then, no, and I'm okay with that. Just tell me it's never going to be, you know, you, you would, you would, I would imagine like you would probably 100% pay for game pass, uh, alone and just buy a PlayStation. If you could oh, get yeah. game pass on PlayStation, right? Yeah. I would much rather prefer to, to get trophies in Starfield than whatever the hell you guys have it over there. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Um, and I bet like Xbox wouldn't care if that's the case, if that's like the future, um, because they're still getting my game pass money. And it's on a device it wasn't on prior. So, like, to me, it's like they should have said, hey, Elder Scrolls is available to wherever it has Game Pass. And then that would tell you, okay, so it's on PC, it's on console, and ain't on PlayStation. And just kind of wipe your hands of it there. The whole, like, (laughs) I'm nice. It's like, no, I I bet you are. I bet you're a nice dude. But here to make money, just tell me where I can play the thing. You know, that's, yeah. that's all I got. Um, and it's that's not a big problem. deal because to me, I'm, I'm with you there, Logan. It's just like, just give me the rub. Just like, I yeah. can't play Wolverine on my Xbox because PlayStation made a deal with Marvel. And now I'm going to just go play Wolverine on PlayStation. Same thing I did with Starfield. It's like, would have loved to play this on my PlayStation, but I can't. So I have an Xbox for a reason. I dust the thing off, you know? I mean, it, it all comes down to where am I getting the most content for the money that I'm going to be spending? You know, like yeah. they got me with Hogwarts Legacy for exclusive deals. The, you know, Xbox got me for Starfield because that's where it is. You know, I, I'm going to be playing Spider-Man 2 on PlayStation. It's just that's the nature of it. But I, I mean, if it makes if Elder Scrolls 6 is a better game because it only has to focus on one ecosystem then yeah because of starfield i'm probably gonna go play whatever elder scroll six is because i never got into skyrim i have no clue what a skyrim is what oh wow we skyrim is the best bethesda studios game that's for sure <laughs> it really is i'm not even getting like i really like starfield a lot <laughs> but it's no skyrim to me like skyrim is chef's kiss what, what age were you when you played skyrim though uh 20 just okay. like Taylor Swift, I was feeling 22. <laughs> this is a little past formative years, but I, I, I get, get where you're coming from. Yeah. Uh, that said, Jamie writes in, just like you can too, if you head on over to the Trophy Room Discord or you add us at PS Trophy Room, and they write this. 
No need to cover this on the pod. Eh, it's all right. It's okay. If it's too much out of the scope of coverage, eh, it's a slow week. Don't worry, Jamie. Since you will be discussing the Xbox leaks a little bit here or there, I wanted to say sorry in advance for another brain bender question for the show. I don't apologize because spoiler alert, this question is really good. I wanted to talk about the leaked documents for Xbox, specifically the ones about the Game Pass goals. One of the leaks was the deposition in October 2022 regarding regarding uh, Microsoft's internal documents regarding Game Pass growth. In general, the gist of it is that Phil Spencer is saying they need to approach the growth in that presentation slide of 100 million Game Game Pass users to specifically off of the console by 2026 or 2027, or they would reconsider the approach to uh, to gaming, possibly exiting altogether. The thinking is that they believe that cloud subscribers will reach about half of console subscribers. Do you believe the future? Sorry, do you believe that this is the future of the gaming market? I have personally never believed that their lofty goals for subscription growth would be possible with how much we've been hearing from places like Kersarkana about how games have, oh, sorry, uh, subscriptions have stagnated. Even if we were to say that Game Pass today, after the conversation of gold, uh, sorry, conversion into gold and core was about 35 million, uh, I cannot see the opportunity that they are looking for a mobile to, sorry, for mobile to basically even double this number in three to four years. I can't find a link to it, but they also recently stated the same deposition that they have reduced investment in cloud infrastructure last year, which makes this thinking about cloud not make any sense to me. I truly believe the peak of premium gaming subscriptions is around 50 million. I guess they are comparing it to Apple Arcade, which had been reported to have had 100 million users, but their games are not AAA games, and it would involved drastically shifting strategy for xbox development well luckily i have an xbox boy here to talk about all that so it's a big question here logan in short yeah what do you think is that hundred million mark is that a little bit uh you know impossible it's a lofty goal it is it's lofty uh, look i and and uh, to compare it to um if if we're addressing Jamie's uh, uh, train of thought here with Apple Arcade reporting that they had 100 million users, you also have to keep in mind that they have a billion devices out in the world. Like one nuts? fourth of, yeah, one fourth of the world has at least a iPhone uh, somewhere in their home. So to see like, okay, well, 100 million users of a billion possible devices, that is a small percentage of penetration for Apple Arcade. Uh, With regards to the question, do I believe if this is the future of the gaming market? I don't. Um, I think that it will supplement the market. Uh, if if you've taken a look at the news today, uh, there are suggestions that in the EU, uh, 75% of Xbox users are um purchasing the xbox series s and that's interesting to think about like the 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 cost of uh jumping into xbox ecosystem is lower it's uh compared to folks wanting that high end it still shows to me that technology at a broad consumer level is a lot lower than what the cutting edge is like the people like us who have those lg 
C1s that are, you know, 4K, 120 hertz TVs, you know, OLEDs. Like, we are the minority. Uh, The vast majority of folks are buying the cheaper consoles to get into an ecosystem, maybe as their second device, but maybe as their primary device, because gaming is not their everyday thing, like it's their occasional thing. So it's it, it's really tough to say because i could see this being the way the market goes but having 100 million game pass users is so, so having some very very specific like expectations and those are the growth around cellular devices and networks and if that works i think you know game pass becomes a very a very interesting thing when we talk about like call of duty uh, why they went out there and bought Activision. I mean, even, I mean, going into the emails, like PlayStation, you you see the emails between, between uh, you know, the PlayStation heads of like going like, yeah, we don't think the Activision plays for exclusivity. Can't be, doesn't make sense for them. And, uh, and you know, at the same exact time, them throwing just so many wrenches in the plan, just seemingly just to be a dick about it. Um and listen, rightfully so. If you're a business, again, I've been preaching this for months, trying to get the best deal you possibly can. Uh, and if there's no risk and only reward, of course, you're going to see how many wrenches you could throw until the you know machine breaks. At the same exact time, take a look what for- phones can do right now. Right? You know, we talked about it last week. You're going to be able to play Assassin's Creed Mirage on an iPhone. And we're not talking about like the download, you know, light version. No, we're talking about the full game. Right, like Resident Evil Four Remake is going to be played on an iPhone. Like that's a crazy thing to think. And you're right, Logan. When you're like, the we think of it going like, why the hell would I think like to me? Why the hell would I play RE Four on my phone? Like the shooting mechanics are going to be all over the place. (laughs) But when you take a look at the numbers of like seventy five percent of people have a Series S, they really don't. At the end of the day, we're the only ones that care about the FPSs, the four Ks, and all that jazz, right? Yeah, that's the hardcore that really care about it. So that's where the market is looking like it's leaning. That's why Microsoft, I think, is and PlayStation are heading hedging their bets on mobile so much. You're seeing so many third-party publishers as well go the third uh the the mobile route because mobile games are are about to become a whole lot more in-depth than they once were so do i think that number is lofty yes do i think that that they're going to hit the number no but i think you're right i think the 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 number is um is about 50 to 60 million and i I think, and that's just someone that's just like looking at it and I'm also throwing wrenches. <laughs> so like, I just, I just look at it going, that's a huge number to hit that. Even if you put this thing on a PlayStation and a switch, you're not hitting it. Right. Yeah. So they have to look at it. it we have to look at gaming through not the ecosystems themselves, but this big broader ocean that has yet to be explored. So that's, that's where I'm at. We're also we're also looking at this from one 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 very specific angle. And the angle is, is the way they're going to grow Game Pass is through mobile. Uh, That is not the only avenue. They do have their PC and console avenues. But the main avenue that's going to push people there is their IP, their games. Um, 
we have seen that this year Xbox has been able to release a very handsome handful of games. Uh, aside from you know, like one or two missteps here with some of their uh, Redfall, games and just stuff. say it. It's Redfall. It's it's that's right. Redfall. Okay, oh, I get it. Was. It's it's. I know. I just want the <laughs> sixty frames per second already. Ugh. Get it. <laughs> Yes, no, you're I right. Know. They're, they're, they're <laughs> getting back on track. I also think, like, in terms of, like, bringing it back, steering the ship towards PlayStation, like, take a look at what, you know, PlayStation Plus is kind of, you know, their ceiling is about 47, 45 to 47 million users. And now what's PlayStation going? Okay, well, let's upcharge people. And uh, <laughs> let's let's put out different tiers so that we could get more money on the on on the subscription service that we already have so you know to me it's just my my the the thing that always scares me is like at the end of the day that's a lofty goal to hit what happens if you don't hit it yeah well i mean they they adjust they pivot you know if if it doesn't work then you shift to a different market you shift to a different metric um you i mean it was whose job is getting lost in the meantime logan no one's it's just a it's a fluid it's a fluid system you they know got, like they i mean get rid of like ten thousand people last year uh you know year. i don't know if we got to talk about that you know there's reasons <laughs> exactly <for that. laughs> exactly i'm just like that's that's the thing that i i think about i think of embracer we're going to talk about them in a minute like i'm thinking <sighs> about the doomsday scenario and i can't get it out of my head i'm sorry you know the the what ifs but the... who knows yeah yeah, you know what I do know, reasons. Logan. What do you, you wanna, know? You want to know? I, I know. I know that there's going to be a Spider-Man two game, and it's coming out as of this podcast in a month. Take it away, sir. Oh my gosh, I can't believe it's already a month away. Know, Spider-Man two wait. players may encounter other Spidey fighting or Spideys. Spideys? Is it plural? Yeah. yeah. Okay. I feel like that's plural. Other that's Spideys. Fighting crime. Uh, this article comes to us from Zermina Khan uh, over at PC PS Lifestyle. Thank you, Zermina. Uh, Insomniac Games has revealed a nifty little feature in Marvel's Spider-Man 2 PS5 that allows players to bump into other Spider-Men while swinging around the game's world. As previously confirmed, players will be able to instantly switch between Peter and Miles, and depending on who they're playing, they may encounter the other fighting crime in Streets of New York. Insomniac Games associate animation director James Ham revealed the feature during an interview with Gamer Tag Radio. He added that when players see the other Spidey busy keeping the streets of New York crime-free, they will be able to join them and lend a hand. The opposite is also true, i.e. Spidey we aren't playing will randomly join us while we fight crime criminals. Insomniac uh, Recon this uh, recons this is a quote-unquote cool way for players to experience both characters from the sound of things spider-man 2 will be incredibly detailed insomniac games previously confirmed that not only will players be able to switch between peter and miles almost instantly they will also be able to fast travel seemingly with very little downtime Speaking of fast travel, players will be able to catapult themselves to a given location by using the webs as a slingshot. Uh, and just a, a little bit of an update on this. They put out a, a fantastic video. Did you see this video? You heard about you this? You seen this? Yeah. We know. We know. 
the Insomniac Games put out a fantastic video announcing that it has gone gold a month before release. That's fantastic. Congratulations to Insomniac Games. I can't wait for that. I think it's going to be freaking amazing. Dude, I don't know about you, but I've I've been playing the Crew Motor Fist a little bit, and I got to do the map thing, and then the map thing like fast travels you back down to your car when you're doing that. And I was like, oh, my God, this is going to be what it's like in Spider-Man. This is so cool. (laughs) Dude, I'm so – this actually got me – so incredibly hyped for the game just knowing that like i can be just you know whipping around and then i see miles like you know chasing chasing like criminals and that 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 have like a uh they're robbing a bank or something like miles is fighting them and i could just join in like that gets me so incredibly hyped for the possibilities of this game um and just seeing how they're really taking elements from gta that that fans really loved in that game like trevor's eating from the trash but this time it's like spider-man doing sit-ups sideways off a building like you know like like miles is like gliding through the air and we're just now in his perspective like that's that's awesome i want to know because i you know i don't i don't don't know how you feel about these spider-man games i want to know though what is the thing that you're looking forward to or, or hoping uh to be in the game when when it goes live in October 20th. I am a simple man. Uh, I like the ladies. And Ooh. if we could get more Black Cat DLC. Respectfully. I would I would love that. I think that would be great. I would love to see Spider-Gwen. When I, when I saw this article, though, uh, as I was reading through it, you know what popped in my head, though? Is I thought that this was going to be a multiplayer thing kind of like with uh elden ring where you saw like other people in in uh, game <laughs> i thought we were going to see like the quote-unquote multiverse of spider-man and anyone that's like in the game that happens to be around the same like uh quest that you are mm-hmm. you might see a multiverse spider-man swing through in their outfit because you, there, there's so many outfits you could possibly you could never you could probably play this whole game and never play through all of them for each quest yeah. uh, in a different suit and hit all of the different suits. I thought it would be really cool if you could see other gamers in their Spider-Man suit swinging around doing crimes and or solving, yeah. fixing crimes or, you know, yeah, no, Spider-Man doesn't cause the crime. All right. He solves it. <laughs> uh, no, that'd be really cool, man. A Spider-Verse like esque movie would be, or sorry, movie game would be really, would be really cool. Like the way you're describing mm-hmm. him, like the hub would be like the spider, the spider layer in the movie and all that jazz, like seeing everybody just walking around, like, Oh, that would be awesome to play in a really game. Cool. Um, for yeah, me, that's I, what I'm, I'm looking for. Yeah. I, I'm looking like, to me, I'm like, I see this, I'm excited by all of it, but I have not touched a single preview of this game. I've only seen like the, the tweets from folks saying like, this has the shapings of be the best superhero video game and that's that has me excited so everything i've seen like just you know through tweets and all that has me excited but i want to go relatively blind so like this is just enough that i would be like okay great but anything more in depth i don't want to hear about anymore i'm done you a month from now i'm gonna be playing this game i'm gonna be really surprised to see your reaction uh when you finally see um venom and peter parker making out then that will be really cool 
It's gonna be so hot. so good. There's gonna be so many screenshots. Of that. All all 19 inches on Rule 34. <laughs> Kids don't look that up. <laughs> the Green Gorilla Gamer writes in, "Sup boys, Spider-Man Two has gone gold, bitches." Gorilla, the language. I'll allow it. I can officially book my time off from tomorrow, and now we're only a month away from this year's most anticipated game release and my most anticipated release ever. They've shown us already, and it's been talked about a lot, so I'll ask a question unrelated to what we've seen and ask about what we possibly haven't seen, question mark. What other heroes and or villains would you like to see make an appearance, a cameo or not, in Spider-Man 2? My answer would be, would have been, Mysterio. But I don't think I need to say that anymore, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. I would also love to see the devil of Hell's Kitchen himself, Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, make a bit more of a, a, a more than a cameo appearance. As for a villain, I think we need just a cameo or a slight tease, perhaps, at what the Goblin could look like in Spider-Man 3. If I could pick the entire Spidey rogues gallery, I truly would, but I trust they know what they're doing. We'll absolutely see some sort of newspaper reference to J. Jonah Jameson. We'll talk about some freak with metal claws. I'm willing to bet money. On that hope you guys have a fantastic week just fi- finished chapter seven of uncharted four and holy shees this is so good <laughs> oh man i uh, it's it's gonna sound bad and it's and it's because there's a movie that i hate that i well i think everyone hates it i don't know anyone that likes it but i would love to see morbius come in it's I, but I want to like a I want like a Morbius that does justice to Morbius. I don't want like a crappy more like I want Morbius to be remembered for how cool of a character he is uh, from like the 90s Spider-Man show. Of, like he was just like this really he was a bit of a jerk. Let's be honest. But yeah. he was just a really cool, like gothy jerk. Uh, but I also want like, I, I, do you think we're going to get Carnage at all? Do you think Carnage is even possible Ooh. or would they? Would they save Carnage for like a Spider-Man three or like I a think, like a Miles Morales version of, of Spider-Man two? Yeah, I think one of the two there. I I I really do think. Here's my bet: you're gonna play as Venom. I really do think that. I yeah. think I think Venom is the tease for this for Spider-Man. It's like you're not just playing as Spider-Man and uh, sorry, not just playing as Peter and Miles. You're also playing as Venom. I I. In my heart, that's what I want to uh, believe. And so, like, to see maybe a spinoff of, like, a Carnage somewhere down the line, I don't think it would be Spider-Man 4, but maybe, like, or sorry, Spider-Man 3, but maybe a 4 or 5, right? Mm. Um, so I, I think you're going to yeah. see Carnage. I, I think I think you'll get the, the, you know, like, always, like, at the end of the movie, like, for example, I forgot, I think it's, like, Captain America, you see Thor's hammer. Like, you're going to ha- have one of those moments where, like, you see a little icky goo from Venom getting scooped up by some scientists in a lab, you know? Yeah. And, um, or, like, we're running tests on this, you know, you know, this patient or whatever, and it's, uh, I forget the, the, the name of Carnage, but, like, he's in the chair, you know? Something like that. Um, mm. That being said, you know... Logan, can I get crazy with you? Oh, yes. Let's get crazy. Can we get a little nuts? Oh, we Just get a lot of nuts. Get... 
You can get, yeah. you can get as, as crazy or nuts as you want, man, because I, I like where you're going with this. Here's timestamp it here. Right. Insomniac Games is making two superhero movies. Sorry, two superhero games. Remember, I'm also sick. Um, could be COVID. I don't know yet. I did. I took a test. It's not. But who knows? It could have, it could have been a false negative. They're making two Marvel games. One of it's a Spooderman. The other is Wolverine. And as I live and breathe, what if Wolverine makes an appearance in Spider-Man? What if that's the first time we see Logan is in Spider-Man 2? It would be it would be something that I would want as not like seeing him in, but I would love for there to be like a couple news uh, articles like or a couple news casts on like the the TVs and stuff like down on the street levels. Yeah. Kind of talking about like, you know, this this uh uh giant uh black plane was flying overhead, you know, and it's the blackbird or you know, you you go down an alley and you see like a couple of thugs knocked out and you have to try and investigate it and see what's going on and you think, you know, you think it might be Craven, but mm. the claw marks on the on the 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 brick don't quite look like a claw from like uh craven's mm-hmm. hand or something it looks like three claws you know something just like little teases like that i think would go a lot better than you know you running into a bar or or you know bumping into someone on the street and having it being logan i think that would be a little too on the nose i would love for something a little more subtle because uh, okay. i mean like like it's it's more north as far as like uh the x-men uh you know school for gifted children you know it's yeah it's up more north in new york and stuff so it'd be weird for him to come down to like new york city what if it's like it was a favorite something... tooth mission oh god no that's for the that's for the wolverine game right, dude. you gotta okay, right. you gotta save saber tooth for wolverine's game yeah, but what I mean, yeah, I would love to see like something like a little like here's a brochure for like the school for gifted kids, you know? That'd uh, be something, cool. Yeah, something like that. Um, but yeah, there was like the the one little tease of Mysterio's um like quest, and it did look like Doctor Strange a little bit, like the, yeah. the logo. I would love to see that, man. I would love yeah. to see that. Um, but yeah, I I don't know. I there's something that tells me we're going to see something X-Men related here. And this mm. is this is Insomniac saying, listen, the other superhero games that they're doing, the Captain America game, that's our own thing. But this is our studio. This is our universe. This is the Insomniac-verse. We're putting the Insomniac version of the X-Men in here. You, you know what I miss? Just I miss give me place. Xavier. If I see Xavier in his <laughs> yellow chair being cool as shit, Talking to everybody via telekinesis in like yeah. a in a TED talk in in Miles's school, I'm in sold. That would be cool. Yeah, it would be really awesome to see that. I in in if this were a game back in 2002, uh, it would not be something like an Easter egg in the game. This game would be launching, and it would come with an extra disc, and the disc would have the first couple levels of the Wolverine game. And mm. that's that would be something cool that they could do for Spider-Man too. I don't think they they would do that because I think the the way the production cycles different. But if there was like a a way that you could unlock a demo for Wolverine just to kind of like play around in in New York for a little bit with him, like, yeah. oh, dude, I'd be so sold on that. Fair, fair. 
I would be too. Only a month away. I can't wait. I can't <laughs> wait. All right, Logan, it's time for some flashes. Gotta run fast. Gotta run fast. I don't know how long the show's gone, but I, I think we gotta we gotta go fast. All right. When <laughs> Schofield is leaving striking distance after the Callisto protocol flopped. This comes from the VGC. Striking Distance CEO Glenn Schofield is leaving Krafton owned studio after its debut, the Carissa uh, the Callisto Protocol failed to meet expectations. A Crafton representative told Bloomberg that Schofield has decided to, quote-unquote, pursue new opportunities and that Striking Distance Chief Operating Officer and Financial Officer are also leaving the company voluntarily. Formerly uh, Sledgehammer Games and Visceral Games General Manager Schofield, who was best known for co-creator of Dead Space and the founder of Striking Distance in 2019, with the goal of crafting an original narrative experience in the PUBG universe. In January, an analyst claimed that Crafton had targeted 5 million in sales for the Callisto Protocol, but following a slow start, it struggled to reach 2 million by the end of 2023. Bloomberg reports that Striking Distance has laid over 30, uh, sorry, laid off over 30 members of staff in the recent months and that it had now has a headcount of 90 employees, according to the website. Logan, this is shitty news, man. We're talking about, you know, developers going out there making new games, new IP. And so when you see like something like this, it gets you disheartened. I don't know. Did you play the Callisto Protocol? Were you a a fan of it? No, that's a spooky game, Joe. I don't play spooky games. I play pirate games. That's right. You're a coward. Yes. yes. Yeah. I can't do that. I like I like my pants to stay the the (laughs) the texture that they are when I put them on. Color. Yeah. Yes. Um I loved Dead Space. Uh, I love Visceral Games. Uh, rip. Yeah. This news really bummed me out because what I feel about the Callisto Protocol was there's a really great idea in there. I think this game is also a really good game. I don't think it's terrible. I don't think it's unplayable. I think there is a mechanic of the game that is important that doesn't work and that kind of gets thrown away at the end of the game. But to me... It kind of, it feels like biting more than they can chew uh, in terms of this game costed $161 million to make and taking a look at the game from start to finish. I don't know how that that's the case. Like to me, I like you don't need all these named actors in here, you know, to, 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 you know, from TV and movies to go do these performances. Like there are really talented voice actors and voice actresses that can fill these roles in. Um, You don't need a movie star to do it. And so to me, it's like some of just the scope of the game felt too big for its britches where if they were just like, Hey, listen, people really love dead space. Like really love that game. Let's give them that game the game that that we wanted to make um because the melee element in Callisto Protocol while it was a creative idea just didn't work and i think they needed something a tad bit safer before exploring something like that so to me it sucks to see i would really love a Callisto Protocol 2 but i don't think we're getting that even again we're playing the expectation games like really a horror game 5 million in a month seriously like resident evil 4 just got that and it's a fantastic game (laughs) you know so to me i just expectations guys expectations 
this to me is and honestly i feel like this is a real dick move uh and i gotta be blunt about that any like i mean i understand like having a dream and wanting to go for it and, and accomplishing that dream but to leave the studio less than a year after your game still manages two million i mean it's not like you know nintendo arms selling 2.5 million yeah. but it's pretty close and for a new ip i also think that this is a victim of uh ea sabotaging their Sabotage. their game i mean i i just <laughs> i feel like ea coming out with yeah. the dead space remake announced after callista protocol had been announced it's like dude that like everyone knows dead space everyone wants dead space if dead space remake didn't exist in the same year almost the same month as callisto protocol i think callisto protocol would have hit that that uh nostalgia trip that everyone wanted with dead space so i think it's a little bit a little bit of one a little bit of the other yeah i think it's uh, a, a part of it is the reviews didn't sell this game. You know, people are like, oh, Dead Space original devs, yes. And then when this game gets sixes and sevens, not to say those are bad scores because genuinely not, but if I'm spending $60, $70 on a game, then you, you take a look at going, well, okay, I got Dead Space in a month and that is going to be a safe bet. Again, known IP. I know Dead Space seems like it's a faithful adaptation. Maybe I just hold off and I go out there and buy Dead Space. Yeah. Instead. So I think I think it's a a, a a a wombo combo of just bad news for them and bad PR. Yeah. It is it is what it is, sadly. It's I, it's a bummer. I I don't know what Glenn is going to do after this, but I would be very untrusting of whatever studio he decides to go to or create after this given the scope of the game, the cost, the reception and then his departure. It's going to be real hard to want to work for a dude that that won't even stick with a game a year after its launch uh, because of poor sales. Yeah, it it's a bummer. It really is. That said, uh, more bummer news. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, Immortals of Avium developer Ascendant Studios has laid off nearly half of its staff. This comes from the VGC. Yet again, Ascendant Studios CEO Brett Robbins announced the layoffs on Twitter, calling the decision, quote, painfully difficult but necessary. Quote, today we are heartbroken to part ways with friends and colleagues at Ascendant Studios. About 45% of our team, Robbins' statement reads, this is as painfully difficult at but necessary, sorry, but a necessary decision that was not made lightly. Nevertheless, we have to make this adjustment now that Immortals of Avium has shipped. Quote, we are sh- uh, supporting the affected in any way we can, including comprehensive severance packages and job placement assistance, as well as supported services for those who remain. Uh, this sucks because Immortals of Avium is a good game, man. I, I really yeah. enjoyed it. Um, apparently, I, I, I saw uh, one of Jeff Grubb's streams, and apparently this sold even on their lower of low expectations. So Dang. it's it a bad sucks, time man. to be a seven. It's a real bad time. Yeah. I mean, like you have, you're coming off on the heels of like, you know, uh, armored core. You're coming off the heels of like, or soon to be Starfield. Sea of Stars. Sea of Star- like there's so many, so many really fantastic games where, listen, your game's solid, but next week I have Starfield or this week I have armored core, right? Like it's just, it's still a busy time. And I think it's the simple answer would have been just wait until january but we don't know 
what their budget really looked like that that said hey january it is yeah but this is this is ea again sabotaging themselves and other companies like they they could have done this like they have the fifa money they have you know the madden money to be able to to let this studio ride to because i mean they could have taken the time they really could have like immortals of avium is a fantastic game i i really loved my playing of it uh getting through the the whole story was fantastic the the cast was top notch the acting was top notch there was definitely another like six months worth of polish that they could have put into this and it would have been a a solid eight or nine and they didn't get that and it's ea's call on that like they're the publishers they're the ones that determine like when that game is going to get marketed and pushed out ascendant studios could they have could they have you know made it a better game uh in that time maybe it's hard to know like what that future would have looked like but if the result of you know a six-month delay uh results in a better game and a better selling and a stronger uh ip for ea compared to laying off 45 percent of the team because it didn't make expectations like bro just delay it (laughs) get it out of this get it out of this year it's weird because like it's one of those games that was marketed a ton in a really short time and maybe that's another thing it's like you know this game was announced back in like may and it's like and we're coming out or like may or april it's like and we're coming out in july it's like whoa that's a really short window like you're a new ip like maybe we want to like promote the game over a few more months before we throw this game out there maybe you give it like a comprehensive like harry here's how the first level plays or something like that um you know and and you know at the end of the day it's just a it is a a bummer when you see people trying to do something that at least looks different and it just doesn't hit the mark you know yeah and if if people are fans of like god of war uh i would urge you to to pick this game up at some point no like whenever it falls within your budget and time because i i genuinely believe like this is going to be one of the best games that is a third party type of god of war game okay okay i wouldn't say god of war (laughs) but i mean you did so i'll let you die on that blade someone will yell at you not me (laughs) (laughs) that's fine all right Criterion joins EA Entertainment to focus on the Battlefield development. This comes from the VGC. EA has restructured its studios into two organizations this summer. Criterion has switched from being EA Sports to now EA Entertainment. It will also uh, continue the work on the Need for Speed series, according to Respawn co-founder Vince Zampella, who now leads EA Studios, responsible for Apex Legends and its Star Wars and Battlefield games. Quote, as we've said before, we are all in on Battlefield, he said in a blog post. Today, Criterion is joining the addition to our world-class Battlefield studios dedicated to ushering in a new era of the franchise. The majority of the team will be working alongside dice ripple effect and ridge uh, ridgeline that are lead led by brandon bead and gm of battlefield criterion's experience with battlefield our technology and building engaging experiences will immediate uh, will have an immediate positive impact as we continue to build on battlefield 2042 and as we continue pre-production on a collected 
connected Battlefield universe. EA announced in February 2020 that it handed Need for Speed development duties back to Criterion as it planned to restructure Ghost Games, which made the last four entries in the racing series. Fun fact, I totally forgot that EA split into two separate organizations <laughs> and that there's one EA Entertainment and one EA Sports. But um, this is actually pretty exciting. I don't know. Are you a Battlefield guy by any chance? I tried out 2042 after it had Get had out. a lot of its no, 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 uh, like. Get out. Re- <laughs> I think Battlefield's a great game for yeah. folks that are tired of uh, Call of Duty and it it deserves to be up there um i think the last time i was like hardcore into battlefield was four and and that was like i mean that was an experience uh so i'm totally fine with criterion moving over to focus on 2042 uh i stand by uh i think someone said the other day to me they were like if uh 2042's best acknowledgement of being a good game is, is that they made it like the old games instead of what they wanted to do originally uh that's a that's a rough state to be in but i was sold on the 128 versus or no what was it 64 versus 64 yeah. or was it 128 I was sold versus on that. 128 no it's 64 would, versus 64 yeah something stupid dude yeah. I, like i i wanted that and and uh, did they get something kind of like that with bots yeah it's not quite as cool but i mean at least they have the bots there to kind of fill in the empty spots but sure I, I wanted this game to be amazing. You know, it sold me on on the number of players and the the levolution that, 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 yes. they, that they did for the marketing. Uh, if they can make Battle 40 or 2042 work, then go for it. Because, I mean, I've seen what they've I see what like companies are doing with like Fallout 76. Uh, you know, if, if you if you have a good foundation, uh, you can kind of build on it over time and eventually people will pick it up uh and, and try it out you know look at no man's sky is a perfect yeah. example it's it, um to me i i take a look at battlefront which criterion if i'm not mistaken uh did yeah. some of the vehicles on that um so i'm i'm totally in uh, on criterion coming in and helping out battlefield i think battlefield is in a sorry state but i do believe in vince impella uh through all things are possible through him so to me i'm i'm in for it I just want to see a battlefield that gets me excited again because I'm on the same kind of boat as you are. Um, I saw the pirate hat I needed to. That the last battlefield that gripped me was four. And I think Battlefield 3 is probably still, I think even so many other fans go, it's either Bad Company 2 or it's Battlefield 3 or the best mm. um, battlefield, hands down. Yeah. Map design gunplay everything and all battlefield needs to do is go back to basics let's stop trying to reinvent the wheel of what works in battlefield sometimes they try to get two in their own head and try to become a a call of duty battlefield's the best when it's not trying to be that so to me battlefield is amazing i hope hope we get a a a reintroduction to that franchise soon me too right. me too last one and i'm not going to read the whole thing here but embracer group has uh laid off uh, or sorry layoffs have hit the tomb raider developer crystal dynamics uh go read the matt wales article over on Eurogamer. but it seems like uh less than a dozen people are affected about 10 people have lost their jobs over at crystal dynamics as embracer starts to restructure and um 
I'm just worried, man. I'm tired of reading news like this. You know, it's yeah. been three times in a row now <laughs> in, in less than 15 minutes. Um, yeah. What more can I say than Embracer? Please stop trying to buy everything, please. <laughs> they're, they're, you know, we see this with, um, oh, I'm blanking on the name of the company that's uh, got their hands in like everything. The It's the Microsoft. Uh, the no, 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 not Microsoft. <laughs> not Microsoft. What's the uh, what's the, the Chinese from gotcha. what? Tencent. Which one? Oh, Tencent. Like yes, ten thank cents. you. Yeah. Ten cents. Um, I if I had a dollar for every cent that they had, uh, oh. I would be rich. I don't know what I go with that, but yeah, right. it's uh, it's it's concerning. You know, like I thought Embracer was going to be the company that was. Like, I mean. I hoped that they would be the chosen one. Uh, instead, they've got their face in the sand. They're screaming at me, and I don't understand what they're trying to say because yeah. uh, it's something about sand. And I just want to know, like, is Embracer Group going to, like, keep these studios together? Because I would hate that they just bought all of these studios to get access to the IP and then to be able to license the IP. That's my fear. Mm. I hoped that Embracer would be like, oh, yeah, we'll take Crystal Dynamics. Come over. Square Enix doesn't doesn't care about the games you make. We care about the games you make. Go. Let's go make a Tomb Raider. Let's go help with a perfect dark. Like we're going to we, we got your back. And, yeah. you know, you start seeing things like, all right, well, we're restructuring. It's like, Haha, let's not. Let's just let these <laughs> people make games. <laughs> Please, for the love of God, let them just make games. Yeah. Um it it doesn't seem like they're they're losing any um development ahead so it just seems like they're really just trying to scrape wherever they can find a quote unquote redundancy like oh wait we don't need this position right now like quote unquote yeah. so here we get, we could get rid of them it that sucks to say but it seems like that's just the reality is it's like they are working on something it, it, they're cooking right now but they need to lose some of the weight in order to, to just stay afloat. And it's just a shitty place to be. Um, I, I feel yeah. I, I am scared for crystal dynamics. I am squared, scared for Eidos. I, I would love to see them go to a caring home and not embrace her, but where it, yeah. what if Nintendo bought them? They don't buy anyone, but what if Nintendo bought them? Nah, I mean, got- it doesn't, it doesn't make any sense, you know? <laughs> it does like it doesn't even make sense for like PlayStation to go out there and buy them. They got a, a no. you know, they they got their Uncharted. So it just doesn't make any sense. So to me, it's yeah. just it's a sad state. I hope they see themselves out of it because to me, I'd be devastated, devastated if um we lost Crystal. I I, I mean, it's just so much legacy in that mm-hmm. in that company. I just hate to see them go. Do you think Embracer would sell off just like uh, like only Crystal Dynamics to Microsoft to kind of like help kind of push a perfect dark over the line? I, I yes, I think um, I think they'd be willing to part with some studios. Like you know, I mean, we saw it with Gearbox, right? Like they're mm, debating it, yeah. and Gearbox is probably arguably the one that's that could make them the most money, but they're they're in desperate need of cash right now, so. I would say never say never when it comes to that. Yeah. Yeah. I could see All it. Right. Listen, let's, let's get out of the bummer news. That was a really bummer week for flash news. It's more like, let's take a volume news, you know, let's just <laughs> got to take the edge off there. It's time for one of my favorite segments, especially this week. What we've been playing. 
Logan, we've been playing two games in particular. I want to talk about Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty. I'm here for that. You've been playing it. It's what you've been up to all weekend. So I want to know, what are your thoughts on Cyberpunk 2077 walking in before this DLC and now afterwards with the 2.0 patch and and all that jazz? So uh, I've been fortunate enough to, to be playing Cyberpunk 2077 uh i was there day one i at the time i was i had been like in the middle of doing a, a cyberpunk lore cast we up to the lead up to the game and i was sold afterwards so i have just on my main account uh crossed the 160 hour damn like time frame for just my main playthrough um 10 of those hours have been spent in phantom liberty alone and I have another save that I've been working on that's close to that uh, 10 hours that was a fresh start just off mm. of 2.0. What I can tell you is... Code provided, I, by the way. Code provided thanks to to marketing uh, and, and Luke Lore for, for getting all that for me as uh, well, he too. Doesn't, he doesn't deserve a thank you. You got it yourself. <laughs> no, I did nothing. I did nothing. I got a gift one day. Um, 2.0 is uh is is amazing it is absolutely amazing um dude i can't tell you how happy i am to look through the different trees of uh the the different uh, artifacts and stuff like you've got like body you've got cool you've got tech you've got uh intellect and and just scrubbing through the different talents that they have in there they really did have a clear indicator of play style that they wanted to go for and they've done a really nice uh thing in conjunction with the with the talent system rework that they've come up with and the gear system rework so uh no longer are you having to look like a freaking clown because that's the best gear that you could find you can wear whatever you want now. It doesn't really matter. All of the cool stuff that's going to be like your armor, your your cooldown reductions, your multipliers, all of that is going to be tied to Ripper Docs. So Ooh. every time you want to go like increase your your stats, like your multipliers for like crit, uh, ADS, downtime, improved scope, you know, like uh, more strength, more armor, more health, things like that, you're going to be visiting your Ripper Docs. And it actually is a really nice system. They've got like multiple equipment slots. Each equipment can be upgraded. The the way that the equipment actually gets upgraded varies as well too. So like, even if you're at the top echelon, like I, I've got my character like completely legend out. There are still like ways for me to increase my power beyond that. And it's so I want to so stop refreshing. you right there for a second, because just for people that didn't know, so I, first off, Cyberpunk, one of my favorite RPGs of all time played last year absolutely adore that game but there were problems with the skill trees because it's kind of a similar problem i feel with starfield it's like hey you want to run five percent faster that's a skill you want to shoot you want you want your bullets to go slightly faster here's a skill you want to be a little bit more professional with pistol all right um like it it felt like skills that i should have already had from the get like i felt like my character was nerfed and i'm being you know, slowly buffed over time to a normal state. Mm-hmm. Um, so you're saying that's completely reworked. Like the skill trees are now, they're giving me abilities that feel like are are more worth it rather than necessities because I didn't have it before. You know what I mean? Like there's like that balance yeah. that like, like 
where skills feel like they're actually enhancing me rather than, oh, this is something I should have been able to do from the get. Like, I don't know, uh, you know, steal a car, you know. Yeah. So so the talent trees are all fun abilities that you that and and a lot of that is like passive so you're you aren't sitting there thinking like oh god how many like different abilities do i have a lot of that stuff just happens when you engage in combat or how you engage in combat and stuff so i have like two abilities that proc every time i ads and those abilities are like slowing down time and then increasing my uh my crit chance and and you know like different ways to do that and then i have like an ultimate ability which is part of the relic which is a whole different story uh but yeah the the talent trees are giving you uh more fun stuff to do more fun stuff to spec into whereas the ripper doc that's where you're doing all of your like stat boost stuff so now so that that gets me really interested because again for people that aren't aware aren't you know inept or, or, or whatever adept in 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 cyberpunk back in the day i mean it's just like a classic rpg here put on this jacket it's gonna give you five plus stamina but the jacket makes me look like a total dweeb and they kind of fixed it with a band-aid with transmog where i get to you know create the 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 suit that i want my v to look like in but yeah. now instead of really that per se it's now you're going to the Ripper doc, who is the person that gives you all the cybernetic enhancements that make you look like you're you're connected to the Matrix 24-7. That's yep. a really cool thing because it should be all yeah. about like cyberpunk is this augmented United States of America, uh, like <laughs> dystopian setting. And having that be where you're getting your core abilities, like, yeah, give yeah. me a new spinal cord so I could carry more things in my backpack, like that type of stuff. All right, that that makes sense because, again, I'm looking like half a robot anyway. That's really awesome. I'm sorry. Yeah, and no longer are you are you uh, having to wear gear that is is old and dated because the perk is so good. Like yeah. that's all that's all cyberware now. That is all Ripper Doc stuff, and the game knows they're like. You probably did not pick up a lot of the cool cosmetics because one encumbrance is a thing and you, you, you know, you can uh, also the fact that you can access your stash from vehicles. Remember that Ooh. fact because <laughs> it is it's always like, oh, crap, I got to go back to my apartment or yeah. one of my apartments to be, be able to access my stash through your car, all through the car, even motorcycles. That's awesome. That's awesome. Um, so. The, the now you don't have to like be beholden to you can look however you want. And it's so much nicer to have that set aside and pulled away from all of your stats because all of your cyberware is uh, what you do to enhance like your 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 stat base and your multipliers for like crit hit uh, ads speed you know stealth detection they've done a really good job of trying to look at how people play cyberpunk and you you having a specific playthrough like if you just want to go in with a bat and you just want to beat faces in there is a really good way to spec into that That's with awesome. the talents and the Ripper Doc stuff. They've done a really good job of combining what you want. So you can increase your melee and then you can get some really cool abilities that give you like regen and, and uh, endurance. Uh, once you bash someone in the face, um, the, it's just it's a really, really good system. They've done a fantastic job reworking all of that. Nice. So it seems like now combat is even, I mean, the combat was the, 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 
the the thing that kept me going back like the combat felt yeah. great for a first person like rpg um so i'm i'm guessing combat still feels maybe even slightly enhanced because of all the the the, the new skill tree and all that stuff it is disgusting. Joe, I went to Phantom Liberty's <laughs> dog wall that you have to go into, and I don't know who I must have clipped. I clipped someone, okay? There was a body. Uh-huh. I, I ran over their toes, and when I got into the checkpoint, uh, everyone was freaking out about this one person who doesn't have a home who might have gotten run over. Sure. And the whole world just lit on fire. And I'm sitting in this like and they the wall, the board, the barriers came up. So my car was stuck. I had to get out of my car. I had to immediately hack like the giant mechs and turrets that were around me, like shooting at me. And my spec had given me so much uh, endurance and health regen off of net running that I was like I was making people sick. I was putting people on fire. It was spreading across other people. Like turrets were shooting. I hacked the turrets to shoot everyone else. And then like finally, like I'm sitting there in my my I'm shooting in the air as my smart uh, pistol is like arcing bullets to like take out people's heads. I get done murdering over, you know, probably like 50 people skipping my gun. He sits there and he's like. I want you to know I took a I took a little brief look at the analytics of what we just went through. You murdered over 50 people. I am now switching us into pacifist mode. And I'm like, <laughs> buddy, can I not can I turn this off? He's like, no, no. Seek therapy. You're sick. <laughs> and I was like, All right, cool. Uh, We're going cool. back a save. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh, my God. dude! I love you. That gets me really hyped. All right. It's so, so good. the new systems, the new enhancements make this game feel like a brand new game almost. This, right? this, this is the state that Saber, Cyberpunk should have come out when when we first got like the promise of what Cyberpunk was. The world is still right. beautiful. The storytelling is fantastic. We haven't even talked about Phantom Liberty. Uh, but the the 2.0, if you if you want to play through it, you can do a fresh start. Uh, if you take 10 minutes out of your day, if you already have a save and you just read through the talent trees, they give you the ability to reset all of your attribute points, which is like your strength, your cool, your intellect. So you can reset that after you've read through all of the little perk points and seeing like, okay, well, I know I want that. I know I want that. And uh, these are the, the because you, you have different tiers that you have to unlock with uh, uh, putting points into them. So like at four points, you unlock the first tier. At nine points, you unlock the second tier of like major ability and then it just kind of goes up from there until it hits 20 and then you unlock everything um and you can go beyond level 52 as well so anyone that's like played the game gotten to like the 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 last mission before the the ending uh you can still jump in and still progress to other other areas that you wanted to fill out that you were previously capped on so that's fantastic too okay cool so it's like hey because i i know they're like hey you you might want to start the game over just to just to get a refresher but you're saying like yeah yeah, that's cute and all but like you don't have to you could just jump into this dlc you'll be fine yeah if you want to start a new save um just to get kind of familiar with like the the abilities and the controls and stuff and kind of look at you know play like a few levels just to kind of get a gauge on like how to play cyberpunk again i did that i did like maybe like four hours and i was like Okay, I'm cool. I'm good. I, I remember how to play this. I know. I remember how to like net ha- net run and stuff like that. So I'm gonna jump into my regular save and then get into Phantom Liberty. And I've been playing nothing but Phantom Liberty since. 
Oh, go ooey. This gets me excited. Okay. So let's get into some of this stuff. Chris Games writes in, just like you can too. Again, head on over to our Discord server. Then you get entered to win that nice little Spider-Man uh, DualSense controller. He asks, how much do you think we get to see uh, Idris Elba in Phantom Liberty? I hope he's like a new Jackie Wells and does some heists and jobs with you. Also, big thanks to you and Kyle for giving me something uh, to listen to on my day to work or way to work. Sorry. So, Logan, question. And yeah. Thank you, sir. Uh, Idris Elba. Mm. I know that there are 10 main missions, 20 side missions to this Close. game. Close. Close to. It's it's about 1313. 13. Oh, 1313. Okay. So, I was wrong. Do we see Idris enough to make it be like, okay, all right, he's an actual character? Or is it one of those things, yet again, we, we see in like, you know, a, a Callisto protocol. It's like, hey, you're a big name actor. We are going to have you in three scenes. Um, so, I don't want to spoil a whole lot. Sure. Yeah. Uh, and no spoilers, I, by the way. No I don't, spoilers. I really don't want to give away like too much about what happens yeah. with the story of Phantom Liberty. Nothing. If you're concerned about, blind. yeah, if you're concerned about not seeing Idris Elba a, that much, yeah. let me my tell mother, you. That, and also, I want to say Chris Games is my mother. She's very curious <laughs> how much Idris we get. What a pseudo name. Uh, <laughs> Idris Elba is in this game when you hit a certain point, when you get introduced to his character you will see a lot of him. Okay. Okay. A lot. And it's all good. It's like all of it is good. And there are characters that are new to the new to Phantom Liberty God, did you that so you, <laughs> you were going to fall in love with Joe. And I know you were going to fall in love with them. <laughs> okay. They're not going to be like, listen, Judy is my heart and my soul. Judy is going to be given a run for her money. And I, and I, I, uh, when you play through it, you let me know if I'm wrong, but there is Listen. one character that I, that I know for sure you're going to be like, respect. It's really tough. It's really tough. Okay. Okay. Is there any romance options? Not with the Aegis. I'm just saying. I romance have not it? run into any yet. You are a married I man. I don't believe there are any romance options, but okay. then again, I'm playing this through a hetero male perspective of V. Ah, gotcha. So I don't know, like, and, and I know, like, there are certain things that may change Maybe. for your okay. playthrough, but Depending. Gotcha. I, I have, I have two other playthroughs that I have to do to but be able to, like, like, why did you, like, I, I saw like a, a a conversation on Twitter going to like why do you, why do like dudes p pick chicks uh, uh, in video games? I'm like, because sometimes that's the only way to romance Judy and Cyberpunk. All right, <laughs> you dummy! <laughs> like, <laughs> come on, get your head out of your ass. Right. Um, all right. You. Awesome. I I love this. Characters speak to you. The story overall. If you love oh, Cy God. Cyberpunk. Yeah. Oh, the story is so good. I yeah. I don't I I really don't want to say anything, but Fair. Fair. the the story is uh and I haven't I haven't finished it. I had to stop playing for this. Uh and and I've been it's I was willing to drop Starfield for Cyberpunk. Uh and and I was and I just got into some really good sto meaty story, but the way Cyberpunk tells story is so immersive. It's so um honest that you feel 
uh, what the characters are going through. And they do a really good job of like giving you reasons to like or hate characters. Yeah. And I genuinely just think that the storytelling is so good. Oh my Fair God. Enough. It's so good. Here's a question. Uh, they're adding a, a city within a city. How do they make that work? <laughs> Dogtown is a completely new location. In, yeah. it, it, how? Do they, do they make it work? Does it feel like, again, does it feel like one of those like gated community DLCs? <laughs> like how do they add, do they add Dogtown meaningfully? Yes. Um, okay. It would have been nice if there had been like little keys uh, or, or little like, uh, you know, they, they, I don't know if they've retconned any of the past quests to make reference to Dogtown. Uh, the way Dogtown is set up makes sense, um, okay. and I, I like that the there, there is narrative that actually goes along with it and why it's happened. Uh, it was a little weird to know, like, okay, well, it's weird that I didn't know about Dogtown being being a street kid in Night mm. City, uh, but at the same time, like, it is insular enough to understand, like, I may have heard of Dogtown and not really understood what it was. Gotcha. Gotcha. So okay. I like the, I like the story that they've created with it. Um, it it definitely lends itself to Night City, but also to Phantom Liberty. Uh, and I think that if you go in with an open mind, knowing that this is a DLC, you will be able to see there's enough there's enough characters in there to support uh, what Dog City is or Dog Town is, mm -hmm. and why it's there and why it's the way it is. Interesting. Interesting. So at the end of the day, do you recommend Cyberpunk 2077 Phantom Liberty? For for the 30 bucks they're asking for it, uh I I would say yeah, the story, yes. uh the the amount of hours that I've put into it has justified the the cost in my mind. Uh I I would spend $30 for the story that I've gotten so far and I haven't beaten it yet i i okay. really do want to yeah. see it because there's a new ending that i want to get to as well yes all right excellent i cannot wait to get into this game everything you sold me on uh because you're right like to me cyberpunk is it, I, I i think it's one of my favorite games just ever like the, its story is so damn compelling and its yeah. characters equally so that's why when you're like i dropped cyber uh sorry uh, starfield for this i'm like I don't feel guilty doing that myself because um, yeah. <laughs> there's just there's just something that these these devs got when it comes to the, the writing. It's just top notch. Yeah. That said, I, I can't wait yeah. to talk to you about it, honestly. OK, good, good. I can't I really can't wait. Next week cannot come fast enough. Uh, I'm super excited. That said, though, I've been playing a little game. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Code provided as well. We got a late code to Lies of P, and I'm very thankful for it. Um, Y'all know I love Bloodborne. Y'all know I love Elden Ring. Y'all know I love anything that From Software puts its beautiful little fingers on. It's great. I, I love From Software, and I love Soulsborne games. But caveat is, when it comes to Soulsborne games, you know them for Dark Souls. You know them for Bloodborne. There are companies that have gotten it close. Like Team Ninja, uh, I think, has a good take on, you know, what a Soulsborne, you know, masochistic game kind of looks and feels like, right? Like Neo's solid. Um, oh, my gosh. Uh, I forget the other one that just came out this year. Again, I'm sick. Um, but also, like, really solid games. 
anything outside of what I feel like Team Ninja and From Software does, everything else kind of feels like imitation. Lies of P, uh, NeoWiz, if I'm pronouncing that studio right, and Round 8, have done something that I feel is a monumental task. They've made a Soulsborne game without Miyazaki feel like a Soulsborne game made by Miyazaki. Like, there's this weird balance between imitation and doing something different and evolving the 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 genre that I feel like Lies of P does. Where, you know, there are other games that come uh, before it and they just feel like, for example, you know, Lords of the Fallen. Not the one that's coming out in a few months, but the first one. They're like, hey, mm. this is an easier Dark Souls. It's like, okay, it's it just feels like you're copying. This one, it feels like the team legitimately was making a game that was inspired by Bloodborne, inspired by Sekiro, but an evolution of it. Like they took what worked from those games and said, listen, they're not making a Bloodborne 2. What if we did? And what would a Bloodborne 2, the evolution of it, look like right so instead of having you know these weapons with special abilities you have a mechanical arm akin to Sekiro and this mechanical arm could do all sorts of stuff it can be a grapple hook which makes Bloodborne 10 times better which grapples enemies to to you stuns them and you could get a couple of lucky hits in you could draw a crowd out with them or you could have it so that you just punch them in the face and it stuns them or you could turn it into like a cannonball or a flamethrower whatever your heart's desire as you unlock more of these mannequin arms um it gives you more special abilities which again you fit it to the way you want to kind of play your character um there's different stances uh, or or different uh I hate to call it stances but different builds that you start off with in the game i never felt like you're tied to those builds but there's a balance build which is like you know your average he's good at everything master of no things that's what i like to be he's a little fast he's a little slow uh there's a strength build and there's a dex build that you get to which is called technique um with that you have different weapons and that is where it takes the bloodborne mechanic of listen you don't have different classes you have different weapons the awesome thing about these weapons is that they break that's right this usually you're like i hate that you just described me the worst part of uh, zelda tears of the kingdom i get it but hear me out on it um you could break the weapons in half and then put them on different hilts so that you get get to mix and match what weapons do uh, different things depending on what help you have. So you can literally have a weapon that's really good or like, for example, you can have a bladed weapon because you love a good blade and can give them a good bleed damage on them. And then you can have a hilt that does extra electricity damage to it. So you could stun them and you could cause bleed on them. There are so many ways to mix and match your character that it feels like this game just wants you to experiment with things which i really love and on top of that 
they have this awesome ability again because special weapons don't exist right you don't have like the the saw cleaver that turns into a two-handed weapon now you have abilities with these weapons where you know if you're a bladed weapon for example you could do this cool aoe spin ability that shoots like fire and electricity out at you or what i have is i have a giant club and i could electrify it if i wanted it to or i could do a leap attack that just does a ton of stun and electricity damage to you so there's just so many different ways that you could come across in combat that nothing feels wrong and nothing feels like it's punishing you because you're experimenting with a build that I really, really like. The other thing when it comes to the Sekiro ability um, is that this game is not just about dodging that Bloodborne's all about. It's about parrying. So the one thing about Bloodborne is if you got hit, you have the opportunity to gain most of your health back if you get hit, right? So you just open up and you just start whacking and hopefully you get most of your health back. This game, you have to parry in order to get some of your, or or most, like 90% of your health back. It's way more forgiving in that aspect. So as long as you're trying, they're like, okay, you tried, whatever. Parry, and then you can open up with an attack. If you do a perfect parry, you're able to take no damage and you're able to stun them and or break their weapon, and then you could just go to town on them. So Man. it really does feel like the perfect combination between the things I love about Bloodborne and the things I love about Sekiro. That being said, the parrying feels a little off. I haven't gotten it quite yet. Um, I'm about three, four bosses into this game. Again, I've been playing it a lot, um, over 10 plus hours in and no, I have not beaten the game yet. Um, again, impressions, but I feel like some of the windows for parrying just doesn't feel right to me. And this is coming from a guy that's like platted like Sekiro. Like I know, I know I'm not the best at it, but damn it. Could you give me like an A for effort somewhere, you know? Um, but at the same exact time, I feel like I don't have to rely on my parrying in order to get ahead or beat an enemy. I just know it's going to greatly help me if I do. So I'm really, really, really digging this game. Um, If you are a Bloodborne fan, if you're a Souls-like fan, there's no reason to not jump on this game. Uh, it's, it's, It's stellar. I think even some of the boss fights, you can see, okay, th- some of them are inspired by some Bloodborne bosses for sure, especially the second boss, but they feel really good. Uh, it, they don't feel cheesy. They don't feel cheap. They they feel like they're teaching you a lesson, and that's that's when Dark Souls and Bloodborne and, and yeah, that's when those games are at their best, when they're teaching you a lesson that you learn throughout that level. Um, levels themselves feel really good. They're not on that level of a from software or even like a team ninja uh, with, again, the game that I keep on mistakenly. It was on game pass and I your, your game pass show. It came out in March. You know, <laughs> someone's yelling at me in the, in the comments about it, but uh, the levels feel long. Long. There you go. Thank you. Uh, the levels feel good. I don't, I feel like probably that's where it feels like imitation rather than Mm -hmm. an evolution of they're like, yeah, this is how I think levels work in Bloodborne. Let's throw it in there. Um, But 
yeah, I, I'm I'm loving the story. I like the cinematic storytelling that they're telling through some of it. It's a way more coherent tale um, than a from software joint. So people are going to probably <laughs> jive with that a bit more, but it's still mysterious. There's still some question marks for sure. Um, and this is built off the story of, you know, Pinocchio, which you would think is the lamest thing ever. But when you get your, when you get into this world of crat or crot, yeah. um, you can see that they take very interesting twists uh, and twisted twists to that IP that makes sense that actually make me want to explore more into this world of how things got all kooky and crazy. So yeah, I uh, I'm really, I'm, I'm, I'm really in this game. Uh, I I'm, love it a great deal. Two questions for you. Yes. Is is it fun playing as a uh, as a bloodborne Timothy Chalamet? Does, <laughs> yeah. does your nose grow? Um, there is a lie mechanic. There is a choice mechanic, which again mm. it plays into the Soulsborne stuff really well. Of like, there's definitely a, a branching path that you can choose, and it mm. plays into that fairy tale. I it, it's not like your mm. nose grows by by any chance, but like. It's it's a really fun time, man. This is this is this is going to be a good, a very, very, very solid game. This is a very Joe ass game if I've ever seen one. Yeah, yeah. I I remember when this came out, I was like, oh man, I got to remember this one because I got to tell Joe about it when I yeah. when I get to talk to him again. And I never did, but this was always one of those ones where I was like, I think this is going to be a pretty good Souls game because it looks like yeah. it understands like what it wants to be and knowing like what kind of a game you want to be from the get go helps tremendously when it comes to this and again new ip yeah it's great to see new ip doing well exactly and, I, and again it's it's and i think maybe the the thing that's the difference between this and the other games that didn't do as as well as like yeah this is an idea of like you know a game that we've seen before but it feels like an evolution of it rather than again us going okay so as much as i love immortals of avium or, or really enjoy immortals of avium i can play a game that feels like immortals of avium somewhere else right same with yeah. callisto protocol right like i could play dead space and i might even like it a little bit more with this game i, I feel like if you're a souls born fan you're going to appreciate it and you're going to feel like it could fit on one of those top lists somewhere too um it's That's not gonna cool. be the best it's not it's not Trust me, you don't, you, you can't come at the king, you know, that is Bloodborne and Elden Ring. But like, I'm impressed with how close they get. It's really fun time. I definitely recommend it for anybody. That's awesome. But, and listen, it's on, it's on Game Pass right now. If you're one of the ex-dorks, <laughs> uh, go play it. Uh, you to know, play. It, whatever, man. That's how I, I, I played it in the beginning and then. <laughs> I switched to to PlayStation once I got my code. So like it's it's a fun time. Support developers that are literally doing different things. Seriously. Yeah. Like that are taking chances. This this game was a chance. And this, uh yeah. It's, it's probably gonna be on on PlayStation Plus at some point. I'm I'm fairly certain like one of the months I mean this will I probably would, make its way there. It will make its way there one day, one one would assume. Yeah. I mean, there's even the talks of PlayStation working closer with this studio and publisher because they've they've seen what they're they're working with. So yeah. That's uh, good. And I could see why. I could really see why. I could even see why Shuhei's out there on Twitter promoting this game too. 
It's a really fun time. Do you want them to do another one in this world or do you want them to take on another like grim fairy tale story? I like the fairy tale thing. I really do. Yeah. I want to see what they do. Do a little red white riding hood, you know? Oh, Let's that'd be it. cool. Let's see. And would you want to be red riding hood or would you want to be the wolf? We're being red riding hood. Or what if you're the huntsman? No, no, no. Ooh. We're red white riding hood. Huntsman's okay. a creep. <laughs> Right. I mean, he's uh, he's, a creep. he's just out there trying to trying to cut down trees. Why is that creepy? He's a creep. <laughs> All right. That said, uh, hey, Logan, are you holding on to anything? Hold on to your hat. Hold on to your hat. All right, uh, it's an Xbox controller. That's blasphemy, but all right. Prepare the drop. Here are the latest steals and deals coming to the PlayStation Storefront on the 19th of September. Oh, look at the game we were just talking about. Lies of P on PS5 and PS4. On the 21st of September, Rin, The Last Child on PS5, PS4, Paperman Adventure Delivered on PS5, PS4, Hell Sweeper VR on PlayStation VR 2. Oh, look at a game on PlayStation VR. It's almost like it's every week. There's a cool, interesting game on PSVR. People that are like, it's collecting dust. All right, well. On the 22nd of September, Bud Spencer and Terrence Hill slap some beans too. <laughs> they made another one before this on PS5. Cyber Citizen Shockman 2. A new menace on PS5, PS4. Rainbow Hue, Rainbow Rush on PS5, PS4. And Shuyang Saga on PS5, PS4. Bam. All right, Logan, it is time for the last segment, but our favorite segment of the night it is time for the sony pony express solo writes in just like you can too and asks do you try to get achieve oh this is this one's towards me i'm sorry buddy uh do you try to get achievements on your bethesda box as much as you do trophies on your playstation 5 i could tell you this i i have i i think 40,000 achievement point? No, 19,000 achievement point. <laughs> I, just, I, uh, is, I got them. <laughs> I don't care about them. They, they're no platinum trophies. I got 60 plats. You know, I'm proud of that. And they're good plats. They're not like the bajillion that Kyle has. And like half of them's like, I love soup. You know, the man is dying and he's throwing shade about trophy value. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. You can't go for it. The cheap plats, I can only understand if oh. they're a symbolic plat. If the platinum is is like glitched or something, or just way too hard to, to achieve. I get that. You can't do it for every other game. You just can't. All right. Uh, as family's yelling to my dog, so let's understand. Uh, Dorman. 92 writes, love the show, but do you guys think after the Starfield reviews that Bethesda will take notes from Baldur's Gate 3 and copy some of the systems in play for Elder Scrolls 6? No, that's not their DNA. I think I think there's a world where a company sees what uh, Baldur's Gate 3 is doing and they decide to make their game based off of Baldur's Gate 3, but... Elder Scrolls 6, I mean, they just refreshed the creation engine. Uh, creation engine 2 looks a lot better, as a lot nicer for as far as like talking to human beings in Bethesda games. But I don't think anything... I, I Knowing who the devs are that went to Obsidian, mm-hmm. 
mm-hmm. and knowing the culture that they came from, you will get Bethesda style games until Todd Howard dies. And <laughs> even then you will probably still get yeah. Bethesda ass games for for the foreseeable future. Yeah. Absolutely. I agree. You're not, you'll see like some, maybe some of the systems in play work there, but it's like, it, it won't be as in depth as, as you, you would want them to be. Yeah. For example, there's romance options in, in Starfield, but like they're not as in depth as that of like cyberpunk where you feel like the connection is like realistic. And, yeah. uh, you know, like for example, you'll, yeah, like for example, I hate to brag, but here I am bragging. I bagged me in Andresia, right? And yeah. uh, we're in love. And, every, you know, to to regain my health, I, I fall asleep. Well, now that we're in love, there's implied sex. So, like, mm. she's actually, like, when I wake up, she's also in the bed. And I'm like, oh, hot dog. Right? You're not seeing something out of, like, a cyberpunk there. All she's just yeah. like, she's just saying, like, oh, man, my bag is here from what we did. You know, nudge, nudge, implied sex here. Um, <laughs> so, it, you know, it, you're not going to get anything like that in in a Bethesda joint. Bethesda games are going to feel inherently Bethesda-like. They may take inspiration from other games, but I think it's going to be more like surface level stuff. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. I, I mean, Dorman, you got to remember they just figured out how to make ladders work <laughs> in Starfield. Like, yeah. Let's, let's keep that bar low. Let's keep it low. Una writes in, Hey there guys. I hope both of you are doing well. My question this week is how do you feel about saying goodbye to characters that have been with you throughout the years of gameplay? I look oh, back I on it. them fondly. Oh, I mean, I I can't. Oh, there's one I want to talk about with Cyberpunk, but I don't want to spoil uh, it for anyone. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. It, and it really kills me because yep. I'd been with them for a very long time, yep. and I lost them, and I was like, I don't know if I want to stay on this save. Yep. Yep. <laughs> I feel like I want to go back to a previous save because it sucks yeah. so much. But I wanted to see it through, so I let it. I let it slide. I and think of Mass just, Effect. Yeah. Like, yeah. Wait, but it, like to me, I'm like, ah, oh, that was a good story completed. And then I'll look back on those characters going, yeah, we had fun back in those days. Right, Garrison? And he's like, yeah, me too, man. So, like, I don't ever feel bad about saying goodbye. The goodbye has to be meaningful, you know? Do you, are, are we talking like games and characters that, that get killed off or go away or something? Or are we thinking like, oh, I'm done with the game. I have to I'm thinking I'm done goodbye. with the game and I'm. Oh, man. Yeah, yeah, there's definitely, like, been times where I've, I mean, like, Jin Sakai for Ghost of Tsushima, bro, like, I did not want to leave him at the end of that game. I was, like, in tears, like, crying my eyes out at the end of that game, and I'm like, this sucks, I don't want to end it here, I feel bad, I want to do more. I miss my horse. Yeah. Yeah, there's there's definitely I get attached to characters uh, really easily with those. Yeah. And and when they're gone and I, I don't get to be with them anymore, it's like I, I want a story. I just feel fulfilled even when like characters go and they, they die. Right. I'm just like, as long as that arc makes sense, as long as their, you know, their destination was meaningful, you know, uh, yeah. Fine. yeah, I'm fine with it. Um, there's one in particular I can't really say out loud, but if you're a PlayStation fan, you know. 
golf club. We're going golfing. That like that one's gonna maybe shake some folks to them core. But for me, I'm like that thing made sense. Is as much as I gonna miss that character. I'm, uh, it made sense, so I'm like, let's yeah. carry on. So that's how I am. I I I always like to look back fondly on things. Yeah. All right, last question of the night. This comes from Ghetto Berry. Hey, guys, just a quick one this week. Tekken Ball Mode is finally coming back in the Tekken series. This much-loved mode hasn't been since its introduction in Tekken 3. Alongside the Tekken Ball modes, it got me thinking what other mini-games slash modes in other games uh, you can think of and ones that you enjoyed, like playing Galaga in Ridge Racer Loads or the Dream Sequence in uh, Metal Gear Solid 3. And let's not forget the Lawnmower minigame in Lollipop Chainsaw. Take it easy, you guys, and keep delivering excellency. Thank you. I like the gummy ship battles in uh, in Kingdom Hearts 2. Mm, yeah. Those are really I'm fun. Having- trying to think of uh games that i've played that have like mini games in them i'm thinking like the witcher right i'm thinking like strike okay i'm thinking of strike in 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 forbidden west where it's like yeah i'm doing this for a trophy and then i'm like i'm actually really digging this this is actually legitimately okay there's one that uh i didn't play through because it's a spoopy game but i watched my buddy play through that I every time I think about it, I just absolutely I it brings a smile to my face every time I think about the uh, gallery uh, uh, mini game in Resident Evil uh, Village, where it has oh, like, okay. and, and it, I know you're gonna look at me and be like, oh yeah, it's because it's pirate themed. It's like no, it had really good music, but that was really cool. I enjoyed that. Um, can I spoil one thing for Cyberpunk yeah. 2077? Oh they, no, don't no. No. Okay. No, you're not right. allowed. There's Sorry. a mini game. There's a mini game in Cyberpunk 2077. Find it. All right. Fair it's, enough. It's it's actually it's pretty addicting. Uh, also, a I good see. like fishing mini game. Uh, I like yeah. that. I like that. Yeah. Yeah. But I think there's like Gwent fishing. would come to mind, right? But like, I mean, is it like a card game really like yeah, I'll do it. Splatoon Splatoon Two also had like a really fun like little loading mini game in between games. It was like you're, it was pretty much like Mario, but with this, a little squid kid. Like that mm. was a ton of fun. So yeah, that was one. the The start menu to Super Mario sixty four, where you can <gasps> move Mario's face around, giving him a nuggie. We did that all the time. Yeah, that was that a shit. hidden mini game that I actually I spent a lot of time doing. Yeah, in that as well too. Yeah, um, yeah. That's there you go. That's the best mini games thus far. Logan, I want to thank you for coming on in sh- such short notice to fill in yeah. Kyle's spot. I greatly appreciate you. Where can people find you, sir? Uh, I am over on the Xbox Expansion Pass with Luke Lore, who was uh, working hard to get me the Cyberpunk code so that I could play through it before embargo to be able to talk to you about it tonight. And uh, you're too nice if you... about that guy, you're really too nice about him. <laughs> He's great. I, I really love spending in, in all in seriousness. He... I, I know we, we joke and we kid and stuff. And I mean, it's mostly because we want access to his mom, but in, in all, oh, honesty, I, have access. Uh... <laughs> I have backdoor access, you know what I'm saying? Uh, Implied I, I'm, I'm over. Yeah. I, I genuinely love spending time with him talking about it, but um, I'm just, I'm 
I'm going to be over there, Xbox Expansion Pass. Otherwise, I'm going to be talking about Sea of Thieves uh, for Keelhauled Podcast for Sea of Thieves if you have an Xbox or have played it. If you like Pirates, it's it's really cool. Uh, I know Ubisoft has got a pirate game coming out at some point in the future that, that I'll probably be talking about. Uh, pirate, uh, I think it's Assassin's Creed Black Flag uh, Remake. Oh, I I, dude, I love that one. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they're doing a remake of it listen this is news to me i hope it's done speedy and efficiently you know? yeah <laughs> definitely try and get that as out as soon as possible really capitalize on that so i'll be over in those places uh or on the occasional uh random trophy room recording where yeah. uh, you somehow manage to bring someone in who does xbox podcasts and has no platinums that's right. Oh, you'd make me sick. I didn't know that. <laughs> now I regret this whole decision. No, seriously, man, I always love to sit and shoot the shit with you, talk video games with you. Yeah. And uh, I really do want to thank you for coming on such short notice uh, to fill in for Kyle. Uh, it's greatly appreciated. And to talk to me about Cyberpunk 2077, because in the beginning, this is all that what, what it was going to be. So awesome. Yeah. Thank you for giving two hours plus of your time here. That oh, said, yeah. you can find me over at Mr. Badbit on Twitter. You can find the show over at PS Trophy Room. I implore you to become a patron over at patreon.com slash PS Trophy Room. Again, it's the reason why we look so great and sound so good. It's your generosity over there that makes it all happen. And please rate us five stars if you like the show over on Spotify and on Apple Podcasts. And of course, if you enter in a five-star review, you're entered in to win a uh, Spider-Man DualSense Collector's Edition. So go for it. It ends on the 25th. You literally have days to do it. So go out there and do it. With all that said, with all that out of the way, everybody, love you all so much. Keep your wits about you. Keep hunting and keep playing PlayStation. See y'all.